Pastor Mickey, I want, I'm going to do something with you real quick just because you're there. Um, if I say to you, for God so loved the world, what are you going to say? He gave his only begotten son. That what? Whoever believes in him would not perish, but, but have everlasting life. Amen. So what, what, we just, uh, what we just witnessed is, is that was one form that the rabbis would treat their disciples like. They would walk up to them and, and they would say, for God so loved. And then you would have to finish the rest of it until they told you to stop. So that's how they remembered the first five books of the, of the, of the Torah. Can you imagine? Like, man, I ask, you can ask any worship singer, leader that works, that works with me in ministry. Do I know any song title? Man, I don't know. I'm like, hey, sing that one song. I mean, I will text Pastor Witt during the day, and I'll be like, yo, what's that one song? It says something like this. She's like, this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm asking the title. Like, you can give me the title. I'm still not going to know. And she, so she'll just, now she just sends me the song on YouTube, and, and I'll listen. I'm like, yeah, that's the one. And, uh, and one time she sent me a song, and it wasn't the one. I'm like, and I listened to it all day. I was like, thank you for sending me the wrong song. And uh, I was blessed by it. And so, yeah, I can't, I, I, man, I tell you what. I would, have, I would have struggled in that, that teaching kind of style. But that's how they did things, right? And so Jesus grew up in that, in that teaching style. He actually walked in when, when, when his rabbi would say, hey, like, can you imagine from Genesis on and him being like, in the beginning, and then you just have to keep going, and that rabbi's just sitting there like, and you stop like five verses into it thinking you conquered the world, and he's just like, And if you didn't get it, you just went right back to the classroom, whatever that classroom looked like, and you kept on going. That was your day. You didn't get to sit by the rabbi anymore. You had to remember. And so the word was so ingrained into them, they could use teaching styles that we don't necessarily get to teach here or utilize here. Because, I mean, if we said, if we didn't, if we did, if we used maybe a little bit more obscure of a verse, people would be like, what? What are you talking about? Right, And so we've got to remember that when we read the word, what's really going on? Why is Jesus saying what, what he's saying? What's the power behind it? What's the reasoning behind it? And so if I, was, if I was to say to you, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Awesome. Praise God. Well, we'll get back to that verse. Because I didn't finish it. So we'll get back to that. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, uh, this was, you know, because it's the Old Testament, it was, before, it was before Jesus came. Can you imagine how many people thought Isaiah was crazy? You know, it's, it's funny. I've had side conversations with people, and they're like, they're like I want to be a prophet. I want to be a prophet. Enjoy that. I bet you Isaiah really enjoyed it. I bet the ones that got, like, killed and martyred, because they're like, you're wrong, and then, like, 2,000 years later, like, oh, they were right. But they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't care at the time. They were just like, no, you're wrong. It hasn't happened. Boom, you're dead. Imagine what people thought of Isaiah and the other prophets. Can you imagine? 
And so in the book, in that chapter and verse, it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Dude, it was getting prophesied way back then. It was getting prophesied way back then of how it was coming. You could say it like this. This is the greatest foreshadowing of, of all of history. This is the greatest foreshadowing of all history for people that like to read and, 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 and watch movies. Oh, this is the foreshadow. He, he's foreshadowing exactly who's coming. The lineage that he comes from. I mean, the Bible is very, very clear of where he's coming from, the lineage he's coming from, how he's going to die, what they're going to do with his clothes. Can you imagine reading a story? Like, what a movie that would be, right? Like, to, to, to sit back and like, could you imagine reading a book and you're like, it's really actually happened to your life? There was a movie, I can't remember what movie it was, I don't know how many years ago I watched it, but um, I can't remember the name of it. Um, I think it's called Stranger Than Fiction. Trippy movie. And it was actually a lady writing a story, but it was being played out in a man's life. And it came to like, and he was crossing the street and got hit by a bus. And here's this person, he just steps out and whack, gets hit by a bus. And it's like, oh, no way this whole thing has been her story about some random guy. Can you imagine what Jesus was like when he was reading Isaiah? He was like, this doesn't sound like a fun death. Huh. Let me tell you who I am, and this doesn't sound fun. And so... We have a prophecy that, that Isaiah said in chapter 53 of how he was going to die, what was being taken care of when he died, and what we were going to receive because of his death. Can you imagine being one of the Jews and reading this and going, no, that's not us, that's not, nope, I don't want it. Babe, I don't want a filet mignon tonight. Don't cook it. Unless you want to, for real. You're the only one excused right now if you need to go to the store and buy one. <laughs> she gets up and runs. <laughs> you know, and, and so as I, as I was reading these scriptures and being reminded of, of this today, uh, I talked to Pastor Mickey yesterday a little bit and, and was going through what the Lord put on my heart and uh, just marinating it for the last about 24 hours and sat down this morning and it just kept on coming and kept on coming and, and then I nerded out. And I was like, okay, stop nerding out. You're going to go down a, a rabbit hole and never get back. I might have went down the rabbit hole for a while. But I read Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, and it's when Jesus says this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God. You know, I was talking with some people the other day about this, about this verse. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, well, man, probably he had to turn his face away from God, from Jesus because he was full of sin. He was unrecognizable with just as full of sin as he had. I mean, he had meth, I mean, he had meth addiction on him. He had every addiction on him known to mankind. He had every disease known to mankind on him at that moment on the cross. He had every disease on him. He had every sickness on him. He had every sin. There's no sin under the sun that was not upon our Savior when he hung on the cross. No wonder why God couldn't stand and look at him. 
I have read that verse like that my entire life. I've heard preachers preach it. I've heard teachers teach it. Something happened today where all of a sudden I sat there and I said, there's just no way. There's no way God turned his, there's no way, there's no way. Jesus was doing the will of the Father at that moment. So I started asking, I'm like, there's just no way. I need some other verses to back up this thought process. And if there's not there, then there's not there, and I'm just, I'm down the rabbit hole. For all of you that study the Bible, our thoughts don't mean it's right. You gotta find some word. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm studying this out, and I'm thinking about the way that our culture, Pastor Doug, or our American culture is awesome. It just doesn't help us out reading the Bible so much. And so because it says, why have you forsaken me? I mean, Jesus obviously said that, but is he really talking about this? And so I had to go down the rabbit hole. In Psalms chapter 22, verse 1, it says this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Wait a minute, you mean David was writing about this? Wait a minute, you mean a rabbi that was getting hung on the cross was actually saying, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You mean to tell me Jesus wasn't talking to the Father like it's always been taught to me? Anybody else in that same boat? You can raise your hand, it's okay. Thank God for American culture, that's the way we teach. But the rabbi, Jesus, was using a teaching technique that they used. And he sat there with the last breaths of his lungs like Stephen did when he was martyred. He says, Father, forgive them. And Jesus was using a teaching technique with the last breath in his lungs to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Guess who his audience was? Jews. Rabbis disciples, his mom, his brother, his disciples that also knew the word. He knew that if he could say that, just maybe he could still point them in the direction of the Savior himself. He used, golly, I got emotional today when I recognized this too. You know, it's because I'm, I'm sure some of us, because we're, we've lived a long enough life, I'm sure some of us have recognized that we've been around people that um, we've been around that they've given their last words to you to deliver to somebody else. And as a police officer, I've had to deal with that. They were very meaningful words. They were very choice-filled words. If I was dying, I would make sure that my wife and kids knew that I love them, that I'm going to heaven, and please continue to let that Ferris wheel that has set a fire for God's ministry to never burn out. I'm going to be very choiceful on the words that I speak on my last dying breath. 
And so Jesus was using this technique, this beautiful technique that was, that was just part of their culture. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In, in chapter 22, verse, he knew. He knew they would have to recite it. He knew they'd have to remember it. He knew they were going to be sitting there going, wait a minute. I know that verse. I know that. That's in Psalm. That's, that's, that's Brother David. <laughs> he wrote that. And he's anointed. Um, and then they're going to get to verse 7. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. Verse 8, he trusts in the Lord, they say. The Lord, let the Lord rescue him. In verse 15, it says, my mouth is dried up like a post pot's herd. They're going to remember that, that they sat there and dipped, dipped water or wine and, and lifted it up to his mouth just to give his mouth, not to help him. They wanted to see if really Elisha was coming. Still torturing him. Don't, that, that's, not a, that's not like, oh, they were being nice. No, they were like, he's calling down Elisha. Let's, let's moisten his, let's give him some liquid so he doesn't die so soon. They knew, Jesus knew he would go, they would go back to that. In verse 16, a pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Let them recite this scripture. Let them recite these verses that, that David wrote about. And they're going to know this is me. For they pierced my hands and they pierced my feet. They've encircled me. They, oh, and then get this. They, I've had people say this. Oh, he, I mean, obviously, if he you know, went crazy, if this guy wasn't the son of God, he was just crazy. He obviously staged his own death to be like this. Yeah, you're right. And he probably somehow set people up to like beg and make deals for the clothes that he wore. But people did. In verse 18, they divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. For all the people that did, they were sitting there, for all the Romans and Jews, they didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah, but yet they were fulfilling the scripture, word for word, word for word. And he knew, he knew from the culture, he grew up in the culture, and he was a rabbi. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He wasn't saying God turned his back from him. I would challenge you with this tonight to help remove roadblocks for us so that we understand that God has never turned his back from us. He has never turned away from you in your deepest, darkest sin. He's never turned away and thought, oh, I can't look, it's disgusting. Never. And he's not doing it tonight. And he's not doing it tomorrow. He's not doing it the next day. You can sin I'm not telling you to, but I'm telling you, when you mess up, he's not turning from us. You think sin is going to affect God? There's no way. I was with my brother one time, and I love my brother. I'm not, if you ever see this, I don't even know if it's recorded. I don't know. I have no idea. Brother, I love you. But we were going golfing, and he listens to some type of music. I don't even know what it is. And he's like, hey, do you know, is this music going to offend you? And I started laughing. I said, my Jesus and my salvation is way thicker than this song. <laughs> Meaning, dude, you can listen to whatever you want. If, if I can't be in a car with you for 45 minutes listening to whatever you listen to, uh, uh, I might want to reconsider what I believe. 
Like, you, wait a minute, you mean you, you, you're okay with being around people that drink? I don't care if they drink. It's not affecting me. I'm not going to choose to be because in today's culture, you know what will happen. They'll take a snap with their phone and then everyone's going to be like, Pastor Bill drinks. No, I don't. <laughs> being around sinners is what we were created for. Well, I can't hang out with sinners. Are you sure? Like, have you read the Bible? Like, are you 100% positive? Is your salvation that weak? See, God wasn't that weak, and God is not that weak. Let me remind you in, in Job chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. I'll paraphrase, but you can go there if you, if you don't believe me, and that's okay. But here's what's funny about Job. In, in that chapter, in those verses, do you know who goes and visits with God? Satan. Satan. Satan straight up goes right to the throne room of God and is like, yo, God. And you know, God didn't do, God didn't do this. God wasn't sitting there in, in, in the throne. He's like, oh, no, 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 I can't see that. Oh, it's going to affect me. I'm going to want to do all the things he's done. I can't see it. God didn't do that to Satan. He didn't do that. He just, he basically said this. He's like, what's up and what have you been up to, man? He's like, oh, I've been going to and fro, trembling around the earth, up and back, all across. God didn't even turn his back and face away from Satan, full of sin. Well, that's Job. Okay, well, let's all the way go back to Genesis. Adam and Eve sinned, right? The very first thing God did when he went and looked for him. He didn't turn his back on him. He, he, the first thing he did, he went and he's like, hey, where you at? Yo, where you at? Adam, Eve, what, what's up? I came to commune with you again today. Where you at? And even when he talked to him, he didn't, he didn't turn his back from him. He didn't forsake them. So why in the world do we think that God would turn our back on us? Oh, well, this is why I'm sick. I can't go, I can't go and receive healing. He's forsaken me. No, he has not forsaken you. That's wrong teaching. That is wrong. Jesus was quoting scripture so that the Jews would go to Psalm 22 and find out he is the Messiah, the Son of God. Come on. Come on, man. Freedom. Freedom. I can, I can, I can sense, because the Lord said this is what this is about. I can sense that things are being removed from our heads and our brains so that it makes it easier to come up ahead to the altar, to the throne. If Satan can go to the throne and talk to God, what's wrong with us? I mean, the Bible says that we can boldly come. We get to boldly come before God. Get it in our, in our spirit. Get it in our noggins. Get it into who we are in Jesus. We get to boldly go to God. If ever, if ever, 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 
You think to yourself, oh, I don't know. I, I, I messed up yesterday. I haven't prayed for a while. I haven't read for six months. I haven't prayed for six months. Shut up! <laughs> Satan's going there. Wait a minute. Satan knows he can go there? No wonder why people have been lied to by him and deceived by him saying, oh, you don't go to him. Don't go to him. Don't go to him. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. He's been doing it. And God was like, what are you doing? Where have you been? What have you been up to? And notice he was like, yo, can I have your, can I have your servant Job? He's like, shit, he ain't going to turn from me. God never even doubted. He never, is there tissue in here? Sorry, sorry for this. I got emotional. Everyone's like, I don't want him to lay hands on me now. You know, this just reminded me, you know a couple Wednesdays ago when we, we had fun, like a lot of humor, and everyone's laughing, and I hugged Pastor Mark, and he, I mean, I say he hugged me back. Um, Pastor Doug and I hugged. I mean, it, it, I, I'm just going to share. There was a point up here, I ain't going to lie. My wife said it when I got home. I'm like, I know, I seriously was freaking out inside. I was sitting there, and I saw everyone laughing. I was dying laughing. I was having a good time. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing, dude? Like, this is like a comedy club right now. What are you doing? And you know what the Lord said to me? He's like, get rid of that religion. You know where it happened? It happened right about here. And I looked out, and I saw everyone laugh. I saw Pastor Witz, all of her teeth laughing. I looked over here and I saw Miss Amy, her head was back, she was laughing. I saw Pastor laughing and I went, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is the pulpit, this isn't comedy. And, and, and the Holy Spirit, as cool as can be, he's like, get rid of that religion. The Lord, the Lord made humor. Amen? It's okay to laugh. In fact, I think we should, you know, Brother Mark Hankins says it. We should laugh more at the, in the face of adversity. We should laugh more in the devil's face. Hey, I don't, know if you can, I don't know if you can go to the throne. Don't go to the throne. Remember what you've done? Ha, ha, ha. I'm going, fool. I'm going, fool. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Dummy. Laugh more. Dashi. The Lord will never forsake you. He will never turn his back on you. In fact... You can say it this way. He has never forsaken us. And he has never turned his back on us. From this day forward, we all get to know that we know that we know Jesus was not saying the Father turned his back on him that day on Calvary. It was a teaching technique. Come on. Come on. Devil just lost another tool in his tool belt, and I like that. He don't get to use that tool anymore. Dummy. I ain't calling nobody a dummy. I'm calling him a dummy. Amen. God, did, man, I, I'm, I, I just need you to get this, Pastor Mickey. This is the stuff I was saying I hope they get. God 
didn't turn away from Satan, why would he turn away from us who are the sons of God, co-heirs of Christ, washed in the blood? Come on, dude. Come on. Blessed and highly favored. Holy and righteous. Come on. Who are we? We're sons of God. We're highly favored. We're blessed by God. We're blessed in the coming in. We're blessed in the going out. We are healed. We're healed. We're healed. We're healed. Oh, I don't know that hurts. I'm healed. I don't know that hurts. Well, shut up. Stop saying. What, you know, every time, trust me, I, I preach this stuff to myself just so you know. I was talking with somebody the other day. And I said, hey, I'm preaching myself right now just so you know. Every time you sit back and you're like, oh, man, you know, this is what I did before I got my shoulder healed up in the outro room for the, for the live stream. I was like, oh, man, there's my shoulder. It hurts. Oh, that hurts. I'd wake up in the middle of the night. I'd move my elbow up with my other hand because it like, kind of felt like I had no muscle. And I'd have to move it. And I'm like, oh, that hurts. I mean, I would wake up my wife and she'd hear me saying, oh, that hurts. That hurts. And uh, you know what I was? I was literally confessing sickness. And that's what I had faith in. I'm sharing that so that y'all don't do be dumb like I was dumb for a year. And I even know what I should have been doing. And I'd do it. I'd be like, no, I'm healed. I'm healed. Oh, man, that hurts. That hurts isn't healed. Oh, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Oh, that hurts. That ain't healed. It's, now I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and then laugh. Be like, I'm healed. And then your brain automatically says, we all know this. But if you were healed, why are you doing this? Like, well, it just hasn't, it just ain't got in me yet, but I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. Good work. And then in the outro room out upstairs. So now I know every time I need a healing, I ain't staying in here. We all made that joke. I think Pastor Doug even said, he's like, now when you need a healing, you need to go up to the outros. You got outros for the rest of our career. And uh, I was like, oh, man. Um, and so we just need to understand what you confess is what your faith is in. I'm saying that so that we can start confessing the word of God because that's faith. And that's what works. But what we speak is what we believe. Right? It's, it's, like, it's like when the Lord was telling me to tell, tell a, a, a girl... Nope, you're a woman of God. When that girl wasn't acting like a woman of God. No, nope, you're a woman of God. No, there's, there's my woman of God. How you doing? Get all mad. Didn't take too long, though. What would, it, what would have happened if you just kept on confessing what you saw? So you, you tell me, do you want to confess what you see? Because if you want to confess what you've been seeing, then you'll have that for the rest of your life. You know, when, when I hear people say, um, I don't even know, like a name, my cancer. Well, my cancer. Stop saying that. Knock it off. Stop, it, it ain't yours. It ain't yours. 
It's the devil lying again and trying to trick us. It ain't yours. Blessed, highly favored, healed and set free, delivered, delivered, delivered. Say it with me. Say, I'm delivered. I'm delivered. I'm delivered. I'm set free. I'm delivered. And I'm set free. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God.